cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. And here they are doing it. 
and the public will go along with it step by step thinking it's a big relief because these things are such a nuisance when they go down I've also had it from people on the side who work in the big servers that have never had such a busy last few days as recently and I think it's because they're basically trunking all the systems together for the NSA because for total information network they must have all data going through a singular system there are no really independent servers out there that's the myth we're taught to believe competition keeps us off guard the big boys set up these organizations and windows and we walk into the mousetrap back with more after the following messages Thursday, the April 3rd, 2008. 
This is Charter School focused on homeland security. This is one of many, by the way. The first high school dedicated to preparing students for the front lines, for the front lines in the nation homeland security has gone from theory to planning in Wilmington. The project manager for the Delaware Academy for Public Safety and Security, Newcastle attorney Thomas Little, signed a contract with Innovative Schools. Very nice name, Innovative Schools, a professional firm which will coordinate the mechanics of preparing the school for its eventual opening. The process to find and fund a site for as many as 600 young men and women in Wilmington's inner city is underway. Curriculum choices for students who are to be called cadets range from SWAT, special weapons and tactics teams, to prison guard, water rescue, paramedic firemen, professional demolition and emergency response operator, according to a board statement. The first principal of the institution is to be Dr. Fred Fitzgerald, a retired captain in the Marine Corps. Fitzgerald teaches English, speech and debate at Newcastle Christian Academy. Fitzgerald is also a former executive of Coca-Cola, of all things, in Jacksonville, Florida, and a former director of operations for the Port of Wilmington. On the academic side of the new charter school, parents will agree to attend a monthly meeting at the campus with faculty for progress conferences. To meet personal curriculum goals, all physically capable cadets are to attend a daily after-school exercise program. In addition, two hours of after-school sports or homeland security training will be available for cadet volunteers. Now, that's what to do down through the ages when you know you're in for the long-term haul. They want to get good little robots who will turn on the general population and do exactly as they're told without thinking, without thinking. A good movie to watch is called The Ogre. Very good movie. I thought it was well done. And in that movie, you'll see how they picked the young Nazis and trained them to obey orders, which they did instantly. And uh, it's the same regime that's on here today, not just in the United States, but across the Western Hemisphere, because, as they say in the propaganda, the little posters they put out were all in it together. And why not, since the same bankers own the whole lot of us? It's the same old agenda, the takeover of the world, always to bring civilization to the barbarians, as the Romans said. It's never changed. So they always go for the young. Train the young, bring them up, and you have a really, a really deadly force because it'll be impossible for anyone outside their group, outside their group, and that's the key to it because they're bonded so tightly with their scientific indoctrination, you won't get through to them. It would be impossible to get across to them what they're actually doing. They won't see for what it is. And also, to tie in with the genetic pro- pro- uh, program that's ongoing, this genetic program really is ongoing. It's been on the, on the go before we were born. And it's been on the go since the first census was taken around 1890 in the United States. It says here, this is from the AAPS News of the Day, April 28, 2008, passing the House of Representatives on a voice vote. S-1858 has been sent to President Bush for signature. The newborn genetic screening bill was passed by the Senate last December. The bill violates the U.S. Constitution and the Nuremberg Code, writes Twyla Brace, or Brassie, President of the Citizens' Council on Health Care. 
The DNA taken at birth from every citizen is essentially owned by the government, and every citizen becomes a potential subject of government-sponsored genetic research, he states. It doesn't require parents' consent, and there are no requirements to inform the parents about it or about the warehousing of their child's DNA for the purpose of genetic research. Already in Minnesota, the state health department reports that 42,210 children of the 780,000 whose DNA is housed in the Minnesota DNA warehouse have been subjected to genetic research without their parents' knowledge or consent. The federal government lacks the constitutional authority as well as the competence to develop a newborn screening program, states Representative Ron Paul. He states that all hospitals will probably scrap their own newborn testing program and adopt the federal model wherever it flaws to avoid the loss of federal funding. That's the key to all things they want to put through. Local governments and state governments want federal funding. Drafters of the legislation made no effort to ensure that these newborn screening programs do not violate the privacy rights of parents and children, Dr. Paul noted. Ms. Braze has called on President Bush to veto the bill. Well, that will be, that'll be the day when, it, when the bill is vetoed because they're, they're going right around any constitutional right. This is, a, this is an agenda. We've got to understand what an agenda is as opposed to politics and, and movements within politics. If you read the writings, and there's lots of them and lots of books put out by members of the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute of International Affairs, it's the same organization, and you'll always find that in the front cover, it's under the, page one or two, it'll have, it'll have who paid for this, paid for these books to be printed. It's generally the Rockefeller Foundation that does it. And it, and it will spawn to tell you that the Council on Foreign Relations and the RIIA is a non-political organization. If the average person who is confused to read those books, you'll think this is nothing but politics, but you're wrong. They don't play politics, don't play left-right. We find that uh, Carl Quigley, who was a historian for this group, said the same thing. They, they will take in dictators, communists, fascists, whatever, and they all work together because they have a common goal, an agenda. An agenda is the difference between that and public political policy. So here we are with the DNA database well underway. And, of course, we know, we know that it's been going on for, as I say, over 30 years, very quietly. And in Canada, they even showed you this super-duper, ultra-modern DNA testing center they've set up for the police, of all people, the police, not the medical facilities, but the police in Montreal but two or three years ago. It must have cost millions, and they said it was for the occasional, the occasional, this is to make us all go back to sleep, the occasional hardened criminal. Meanwhile, they showed you all these robotic arms moving with 20 test tubes at a time. This is enough to do not only the whole of Canada, but the United States as well. They're really on the move, and the only way, of course, from their own particular perspective, to improve the species, at least the type that they want to bring through and use the DNA for alteration into better slaves, is to get rid of what they call the degenerative ones. And to know who the degenerative ones, they've got to have your DNA. They've got to also have your family history and find out what criminal types have come out of your particular breed. 
And that has been on the go for an awful long time because these guys, they sprung their heads up in the 1500s and gradually soared with Charles Darwin and Spencer before him and a whole bunch of others are on a roll now. And rather than call it eugenics, which got a bad name under Hitler, they've called it bioethics and improvement of the species. They also sell every gimmick that they come out with when they're creating transhumans and animal humans. They tell us it's for harvesting organs, etc. But we never see the benefits of these experiments, do we? It never goes to the poor unfortunates that are pushed out in front to get the money for the research in the first place. I'll be back with more after the following messages.
for the best bids to feed the Soviet Union with all their grain, and the governments bought it up off the farmers and sent it over to Russia, and they depleted the soil out west even by doing so. They really depleted the soil by using chemical farming, and uh, so I'm not surprised they'll, they'll try and use any good land left to, to feed the rest of the, the elitist-type armies they, they have to build up, and China is slated for them. But it won't just be for China. There's a lot of Westerners been moving into China, remember, and um, uh, they're becoming a higher bureaucracy. They're, they'll be part of the international bureaucracy, and they've been leaving the U.S. for the last 10 years with their children who've been taught Chinese uh, for the up-and-coming New World Order. So there'll be a lot of Westerners, too, West Western cities based in China and this New World Order that have to be fed as well. They don't really care where they bring the food from. Yeah. Uh, well, I could just got one more thing for you, and then I'll, I'll take my answer uh, off there. I, uh, in my job, it takes me around to a lot of uh, local health departments. And I was at one today in one of the counties, and they had this beautiful, like, uh, like would look, it looks like a fifth wheel you pull behind a truck, like a like a camper trailer. And I said, hey, that's neat. And I asked the guy to show it to me. And it's like a mobile health unit where you can go in, and it's got, like, little offices where you can be seen. It's, it's got a minor surgery unit. And in the back, it, it had a it had a, it had, had a crematorium where you could where you could, you know, look, look the size and made for a human. Mm-hmm. And I asked the guy, I said, well, what do you, what, you know, why do you got a crematorium? And he said, well, you know, for bird flu. And I said, but <laughs> that thing is big enough for a person. It, it, it literally looked like you could, uh, it looked like a morgue drawer almost that you could pull out and lay a person on. Yeah. And it was, a, it was an actual very beautiful, like, camper that you'd pull, you know, like a fifth wheel camper that you mm-hmm. pull behind a truck. Uh, and, it, and it had a beautiful little, like, doctor's offices, a beautiful where you come in, waiting room, and uh, a mobile surgical unit, and, and a crematorium all in there. Yeah. And I, I just want, I'll take my answer off there, but what, you know, it's, it's it, you know, in my opinion, if you're going to burn birds, mm-hmm. it, 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 looks, it would look more like an oven, not like a human oven. I'll, yeah. I'll take my answer off there, but thank you, Alan. Your, 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 your show's awesome. Thanks a lot, Alan. And thanks for calling. Yeah, we, it, it, it could even be a portable abortion clinic because they've had these as well. I don't know if the public know that. And every hospital in the, the country puts more smoke up their chimneys than Adolf Hitler ever dreamed of. They do that every day, but they also have portable lungs as well that can take much larger things than birds if need be, or even more than one at a time. But we do know that FEMA used portable crematoriums when they went into New Orleans uh, after the hurricane, and we do also know that the, uh, the, they're, they're buying much, much larger ones, huge tractor-trailer-sized ones now for mass crematoriums for the coming supposedly uh, pandemics that are going to break out. They're just so confident they're going to break out. These are the guys that, that keep admitting that the flu shots they gave you last winter were no use at all, uh, but they can predict there's a coming deadly flu. It's quite astounding. And I think they can predict it because the laboratories at the right time will release it. And we know that the Prime Minister in England has ordered hundreds of these portable mass crematoriums. No doubt the U.S. is doing the same. But they have smaller ones as well, as I say, for the other purposes too. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
playing folks with the Dallin Watt back and we're cutting through the Matrix, which is ever deepening. And we've got Michael from Ottawa. Are you there, Michael? Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, I was uh, told by uh, Dan Deshays there to give you a call to talk about the fact that UFOs do not go 45 degrees. People have been trying to think about the gravitational correction and there's some kind of balancer. What happens is when they hit the dimensional wall, we see the aspect of them entering that dimensional plane and it appears to us in our dimension that they are going 45, but in actuality, they are going straight. They're not... Uh, Wait, are you sure you got the right show there, Michael? Yes, 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 yes. I was just talking, uh, Dan was saying that uh, you had, uh, were thinking about like magnetism and how these UFOs might have worked once upon a time. But there's also, like he was saying, uh, there's the fortress, um, the underground prison in the USA at Cold Creek Road and uh, North Ranchero Drive. People can go and look at that. There's also okay, we'll go on to Harley here from Michigan, hmm? I think, because I think you got the wrong show. Generally, oh, well, that's on late at night, that one. Oh, I see. That's, like, dream, that's Dreamland you should be looking at there. Yeah, that, that sort of stuff is there. Like, uh, yeah, so we'll go on to Harley from Michigan. There was also um, and, and we'll Bulgarian get the gold and uh, the continent of Atlantis sort of thing. Because yeah, let's go to Harley, shall we? Is an engineer there? Harley? He's an engineer? Yeah, is Harley there? No, no. What do you mean, Harley here? I fail to understand that sort of thing. Like no, you Harley. called the wrong show because this isn't a UFO show. No, no, but no, it was about uh, machines because, like, uh, right now, uh, a lot of people are wondering about gas, and uh, a lot of this is based on gas and everything else. So we're looking at magnetism as using making. Well, what does uh, that vehicles. have to do with the topic that I'm on here? Oh, about, well, everything's driven behind everything. Like, there's control theory in the classroom and everything else like that with, with kids and, you know, sort of dumbing us down with the Ritalin and what have you. But that's because they can afford it. They can afford to control the pharmaceutical companies because they've got such a massive amount of money behind the gas reserves that that really pushes all the other industries. So the main industry, if we look at the whole world, is about the oil. So if you move away from the oil... By studying magnetism, we'll actually go and change the ability of these people to produce as much of these products because they don't have the push behind the oil industry. So it's yeah, almost like yeah, that, you're also thing. looking at a world that would be all fair and nice, and there's nothing in this world where the, the boys at the top ever plan to be fair and nice. They, they never give power away or allow us to develop anything that's to our own benefit. They don't want you having free anything because then they lose their power. Mm -hmm. And so, that, so in a nice world where there's competition and everyone plays the sport, uh, that would work. But it's, it won't work in this one because the characters at the top have created their world with power over the people, and they're not going to give it up because because someone comes along with some uh, free energy of some kind. Mm. So this yeah, is fascinating. I, I, can I mean, this it. is the history of the world that's suppressed. Is, there's lots of suppressed science, of course there is. Yeah, like Tesla. Yeah, All there's lots of suppressed stuff. sciences, but, uh, but uh, no, the whole idea is to keep you interdependent. You cannot be interdependent if you're independent, and, and that's the key to it all. So um, you, you don't have a chance, really, of getting out there and, and giving something to the public that's going to benefit them on an individual level. The big boys wouldn't stand for it. 
everybody should be starting to collect bacterium samples which produce food like sourdough, yeast, these sort of items whereby it can multiply by simple effects in order to increase the bulk of what they may have and to feed individuals or little groups and, and coordinate it in that particular way. So that's one of the ways in, in regards to survival. Um, but I don't think a lot of people are looking at what they need for the necessities, like, you know, getting Javix because a drop goes and can, you know, like purify a whole bunch of water. And I wonder if people really think in that particular way that there's small necessary needs and there doesn't have to be a big, huge run at the stores to go and get this stuff, but start thinking about Flint, you know. There's well, listen, listen that, that's, that's good enough, but that's mm-hmm. a whole topic in itself on how to survive yeah. that will go on ad nauseum. For, for many, many, many days or hours, and uh, people have it in their capacity to find out if they want to, and those who are awake are doing it anyway. Uh, the majority who think that this, this life is going to go on the way it is forever uh, won't even you know, look at that as a proposition. So, uh, I, I'll take so thanks hand. for calling. Yeah, thanks for calling. Now we're going to Harley from Michigan. Are you there, Harley? Are you this <laughs> Hello, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. Yeah. Good. Hey, listen, Alan, it's kind of reminded me when you were reading that uh, article. I, I kind of thought about, I never saw, I never read the book, but I, uh, I remember watching the movie as a young guy. The movie with, uh, what was it? I want to snap Burt Lancaster. Uh, the Island of Dr. Magoo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think about, you know, that's that H.G. Wells. Um, boy, he really was given a lot of insight on there. The, yeah, uh, Dr. Moreau, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Moreau, the island of Dr. Moreau, yeah, that's yeah. it. And uh, I, I keep thinking about that when you keep reading those articles to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one one of the things I wanted to ask you, though, is that um, um, with this, with this uh, agenda moving forward, and you see what, again, you know, by me reading uh, Plato's Republic, and you have to read it more than once to really get – uh, a full understanding of it and to see things a, a little bit more clear. The more you read it, the more I get out of it, I should say. Yeah. And uh, the one thing I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I was talking to someone and I was telling them, and I would like for you to comment on it, is that uh, I was telling them through entertainment is that you see the change of culture. Yeah. And I was wondering if you can expound on that, and uh, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to listen and let you uh uh, comment on that. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. yeah, entertainment is the easiest way to control culture because when someone's trying to convince you of something through a documentary or whatever, even people who aren't suspicious will still question certain topics or certain items as mentioned. And when you're under the influence of entertainment, that guard is down. You don't expect something to come at you uh, and there's no opinions to make your, your job supposedly to sit back and, and laugh. And it doesn't occur to you it's the easiest way to get to get ideas into your mind through emotional programs, especially when you attach an incident on stage with an emotional uh, uh, occurrence happening. It will embed itself in your mind, uh, even if it's the reverse of reality. If one particular uh, group, for instance, attacks another group, they can reverse that on stage. You'll feel sorry for the ones who are abused, and, but in real life it could be the other ones who are doing the abusing. But nevertheless, you'll be confused because that what you saw on the stage at, with emotional drama professionally performed will embed itself in you. Plus, 
you look at a hero, all males look at the hero and identify with the hero, and they will take the, the good part that they see, they, they can identify with, with the spin of the hero's particular personality or his opinions, and those opinions will become uh, the watcher's opinion. Same with the female. And Plato talked about the use of music, drama, and also fashion. He called it the fashion industry 2,300 years ago and said that the people people will mimic, they actually mimic what they see. And sure enough, watch youngsters at movies, they come out and they're they're using the quips that they've just heard of this new terminology, neologisms or whatever, they're they're spouting it off, they mimic what they see, and and they become, to an extent, the actors on the stage with the same opinions given out during the performance. They adopt those, those opinions. So programming is a very easy thing. So much so that Plato said that even poets and musicians should be licensed for the power they wielded over the young minds. And that has never changed. When you think about how the last two, three hundred years, the youth, look into the history books, look how the youth were affected by some of the great, the, the great artists and, and uh, composers like Beethoven and so on. Now, that had the same kind of effect on the young minds of the day as the Beatles did in the 60s. And when you th- if the brain has not altered, why would the child of the 60s not look at Beethoven and be affected in the same way with Beethoven's music? It's because you're taught to like the particular music given to you at that time when it's reinforced into you over and over that this is your particular generation's unique music. That's a big lie. It's made by, uh, it's actually put out there, at least arranged by very much older people in the business who know what they're doing and they know what kind of culture they're told to help push and create. So, but why is it you only get stuck with the one that, that's, that you hear in your own generation? That's interesting because you're seeing people going into old age homes today and they'll play Beatles music for them because that's what they, that's what they were exposed to in their teenage years and then into their early 20s. After the early 20s, they don't seem to look into much beyond that. They don't listen to anything that's new. And eventually you'll see people who are brought up on rap going into the old age homes and they'll be playing rap music for geriatrics. And so that's how it's done. Very few people realize that the music given to you in your teenage years was specifically designed for you for a different purpose because you can either stir up great emotions towards greater things for humanity or you can make a destructive society if you so desire. And we know that we've gone down the hill from the higher emotions into baseness that was deliberately pushed, a base society that cusses and swears that's even all through the music and through the, through the lyrics because they don't want a higher society. Higher societies will bond in times of trouble. They'll help each other. People who are debased and created into degeneracy are more isolated, and they will attack each other in times of crisis. They will not aid each other whatsoever. It's a dog-eat-dog society purposely designed for what's coming up in the very near future. They don't want cohesion among society. They want disorder. And we know we're going through uh, hard times to come. So culture, yeah, is at the top of the list. 
and they're always updating it, just like you update your, your computer programs, you update the culture along the lines of the particular agenda. Now we've got Antonio and Mirland. Are you there, Antonio? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, he's dropped off. Okay. Well, I'm going to go into an article now that's very interesting because it's to do with the use of science on our minds, our psyches, to control us again. And a lot of this is going on today, and people don't realize it. Uh, This is from the Washington Post, and it's called Now Boarding at BWI, Security with Hint of CAM. The TSA is buying more than 800 3D X-ray machines, which are on average cost about $125,000 and should make it easier for screeners to spot explosives by giving them multiple views of carry-on luggage. Current machines provide screeners with only one view of a bag, sometimes making it difficult to spot explosives. So that's, that's how they get it in right away to shape your opinion of the rest of the article. They're justifying what they're doing, which is a lie, obviously. To improve the chances of detecting explosives hidden on a passenger, the TSA is buying and deploying 30-millimeter wave devices known as whole-body imagers that can see through clothing by analyzing the reflection of radio frequency energy bounced off passengers. The devices have been stationed at four airports, including BWI. The 30 devices will cost about $7 million. Security officials also announced plans to improve screeners' ability to spot explosives and suspicious behavior while using techniques that can reduce friction with passengers. We are aiming for an effective security checkpoint that also reduces the hassles on passengers, says Kip Holly, the TSA's administrator. Now, here's another part of it, too. The effort to create a camera environment was on display at BWI yesterday at a prototype of a future checkpoint. The checkpoint had soothing blue lights. Isn't that wonderful? Soothing blue lights. You'll be in a dreamlike gaga state. Soothing blue lights. Relaxing background noise. That means the subliminals in whatever you hear. And screeners in happy blue uniforms. Have you ever seen a happy blue uniform? The checkpoint had two millimeter wave machines as well as 3D X-ray devices. In other airports, the TSA is experimenting with family-friendly lines for those not experienced with security requirements or for those with lots of bags. Officials say they will evaluate the effectiveness of lighting and background music at BWI before rolling out those changes at other airports. Airports, not the TSC, would finance such features. A BWI spokesman said the airport had not decided whether to add the features to other checkpoints at the airports. Chertoff brushed off a question about forgetting to remove his footwear, and Holloway said... He only removed his because it had become conditioned to the rule. Passengers at the airport expressed mixed opinions about where the new technology and environment will later or alter an experience that they said was as frustrating as ever. In other words, it would be the same frustrating experience, but it would take away the frustration. And rather than use drugs to drug you, they're using science. And they'll be using psychotronics in there too. And you'll go into almost a Valium-type state of gaga in this blue blue haze and no doubt they can probably taser the guy in front of you and, and drag him off with blood streaming from his body but under the nice blue lights it won't look so bad and you can go merrily and happily on your way with the people in the happy blue uniforms what a world what a world 
were getting brought into. We were treated like Pavlov's dogs. And truly, they believe that with science and understanding that Pavlov gave us, Pavlov and many others since, they can train us, train us like dumb, stupid animals to go along the road that they've shown us. Unfortunately, it often works with people. They might even go back for more. Science. Now, in the Soviet Union, we know that they had the psychotronics. And I've read articles from the newspapers in the past where they used psychotronics in schoolrooms. It was meant to calm the children. Their minds were already under the influence of particular radio frequencies, and it made them very placid. Jumping back further and reading the memoirs of Eleanor Roosevelt, the president's wife, of sorts, she mentioned after her trip to the Soviet Union to visit Pavlov immediately. She said Pavlov was her actual hero, and that was her main reason for going. She said that the Soviet children were so unlike the American children who were kind of wild and energetic on their way to school, the Soviet Union were just filing along obediently and quietly. She said she preferred that method. It was so orderly, and that appealed to her sense of order. I'll be back with more after this break. business is so lucrative 
that all the psychos, the psychopaths, sniff the wind so, so quickly and get right in on it because the government's throwing billions out there on anything to do with terrorism or control. It's a great business for psychopaths in this day and age. Fantastic business. The idea is to try to make sure that scare, scarce resources, including ventilators, medicine, and doctors and nurses, are used in a uniform, objective way. The recommendations appear in a report appearing Monday in the May edition of CHEST, the medical journal of the American College of Chest Physicians. If a mass casualty critical care event were to occur tomorrow, many people with clinical conditions that are survivable under usual health care system conditions may have to forgo life-sustaining interventions owing to deficiencies in supply or staffing, the report states. To prepare hospitals should designate a triage team with a godlike task of deciding who will and who won't get life-saving care, the task force wrote. Those out of luck are the people at high risk of death and a slim chance of long-term survival. But the recommendations get much more specific and include people older than 85, those with severe trauma, which include critical, critical injuries, burn patients older than 60, those with Alzheimer's, those with severe chronic disease such as advanced heart failure, lung disease, and poorly controlled diabetes. In other words, the sky is the limit, and they're already issuing the orders. There's nothing really new because they did that in Britain a few years back. Britain's always ahead of everyone else, and all the copycats jump on the wagon. What a world that we've been born into in these particular peculiar times. However, I'm sure there's a purpose and I guess we find it individually as we try and fight it. From Hamish myself, up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.